Well, this morning we are in uh, Daniel chapter 6, and uh, we have a guest speaker this morning, uh, Pastor Victor Chaffa. Uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor Victor was here with us back in November as uh, he shared with us a, it was, there was a relationship between him and, and uh, Bertrand that we kind of connected with each other. And, uh, and he was here last time to share a little bit about his vision about the school and what uh, he's uh, uh, building there in uh, Cameroon. And uh, you're going to hear a little bit more about that this morning. But he's going to be preaching from Daniel chapter 6 this morning. But let me just introduce him quickly if you haven't met him before. Um, Pastor Chaffa is from Yawunde. I've learned how to pronounce it this morning. Uh, Cameroon. And he is the founding pastor at Salvation uh, Baptist Church uh, there in Cameroon, the capital city. And uh, he, they run about a 1,000 people in their service right now. He founded that church uh, nine years ago. They have, and he's not even counting the children. They have about 350 children in their children's church ministry during their worship service. And guess how long their worship service lasts each Sunday? Two and a half hours. Two, and so I don't want to hear any more complaining here, okay? But yeah, two and a half hours. But uh, Pastor Pastor Chaffa uh, graduated with his uh, doctorate degree in uh, theological studies from International Theological Seminary last Saturday, a week ago last Saturday. So yeah, let's uh, congratulate him for that. <clears throat> And uh, yesterday, I had the opportunity to uh, take Pastor Pastor Chaffa up to the Eastern Sierras. He's, the, each time he's come to the United States for his theological studies, he's just been primarily in the Los Angeles area. So I want to take him fishing up on the June Lake Loop. And you should have seen him yesterday. As we were driving up there and seeing the mountains and the lakes and everything, he looked like a little kid in a candy shop. <laughs> I'm serious. He could not believe the beauty of that area. And besides that, he had never been fishing before. And he <laughs> caught his first fish yesterday at June Lake. And there was another thing that he never experienced before, and that was snow. So after fishing, I took him up to uh, Mammoth Mountain at the ski resort, and he was able to touch uh, snow for the very first time. And uh, while we were there, he wanted to get his picture with a skier. And so the first person he found, he introduced himself to, himself to and he spoke French. And uh, Pastor Chaffa speaks French, and so they were able to talk to each other in uh, French. So quite a day yesterday but it was a lot of fun but uh i would like for you now to please welcome pastor chaffa this morning as he preaches to us oh and you know what i made him wear the vacation bible school t-shirt this morning because i thought the memo said that we were all the volunteers were supposed to wear their t-shirts this morning so my wife <laughs> and and uh, Victor yeah. and I are wearing the shirts. What's that? Uh, they oh, were mad at me for having yeah. them made their sh wear the shirts. Right. But you look good in the VBS so, shirt. Thank you. Yeah. 
I want to thank Pastor, Pastor Bill for always giving me the privilege, you know, to share here at Emmanuel Baptist Church, uh, Red Christ. I'm sure I'm saying it better today than last time. <laughs> last time I preached here, I was struggling to say Red Christ. Have I said it well? Oh, so I'm making it today. Thank you. Thank you. I, I want to thank the elders uh, of the church and uh, each one of you for accepting us uh, to come and share with you. And uh, yesterday was actually a great day, Pastor Bill. Thank you. Uh, uh, you know, it was actually exceptional. Uh, he did not exaggerate what he said. I was just like a little child discovering so many things for the first time. And uh, I would never forget uh, that day. Thank you. Uh, I am married. And uh, on the slide there you will have uh, uh, my family. So I am married and I have uh, three kids. So you will have uh, on the next on the next slide there you have uh, my uh, I have three kids. So you have I'm there with my wife and the three kids. So I'm a father and I want to say Happy Father's Day to myself <laughs> and to all the fathers uh, present here. And uh, last time I was here, uh, I shared with you. Uh, but before then, I'm the senior pastor. That is, uh, that is uh, the church I planted about ten, uh, nine years ago in 2010, December. And uh, Pastor Bill, you said two hours, 30 minutes uh, service time. No, our time we go for three hours, actually. Yeah, our time we go for three hours. Uh, but uh, we will not go for three hours today. So, <laughs> so there you, uh, you have uh, some ministries. We were doing a prison ministry there. We took food to the Anglophone prisoners in, uh, in our capital city. And uh, up there you have some images of uh, our church. And Pastor Bill is always telling me, when I come to Salvation Baptist Church, I will not sit under that balcony. So you, you have a balcony there. And uh, so I want to thank you for, for this opportunity given to me. And last time, uh, you shared your, uh, your financial uh, support with me in building uh, purpose-driven international high school in Yaoundé, the next slide that you have there. This is where we are. Already. We are actually beyond this already, uh, kind of, uh, in building this school. And, uh, of course, when you come there, you will see more as as you keep supporting uh, uh, this project that the Lord has given. Uh, I want to thank you for all what you have been doing. Even when I was in Cameroon, Pastor Bill could send uh, some supports to me. So thank you. Uh, we are going to host about, we hope to host, host about 1,000 uh, children a year, the internally displaced children uh, in Cameroon, and uh, among others, uh, even French-speaking children, who will want to study in an English-speaking uh, institution. So you may uh, realize that my first language is not English, it's actually French. And I did, uh, but I, my parents are from the English-speaking side, but I did uh, French education. And I learned to speak English for the first time when I went to the seminary my first year in uh, 2000. Uh, last Saturday with my uh, doctorate. And I want to thank God for this privilege that he has given 
me to study uh, here in the United States. And so our passage this morning, I'm glad uh, the passage we, uh, you have been going through, uh, the book of Daniel, and uh, Pastor Bill called me and said, would you, would you mind preaching in Daniel chapter 6? I said, oh, that is one of my favorite uh, passages. Uh, so you consider the whole, the entire chapter is what we are supposed to be uh, talking about. Will you mind uh, going back to the, uh, oh no, it's going to be difficult to get back to the title, but it's okay. I want to be talking on Daniel rescue from the, the den of lions. And in Daniel chapter 6, I don't know if, if there is someone here who has not read this passage before, but I'm very sure that uh, so many of us here, we know about, we know about this, uh, this passage. So uh, it may be difficult for me to go through. I want to focus on the entire passage, but this morning I thought I was going to read from verse 10 to, uh, to 28. But uh, because of time, I would just uh, spare us from reading, but we know uh, we have in mind what the passage is, and at time I will get some verses that I will read, because I want to focus on the entire chapter of this Daniel chapter 6. But uh, when uh, we start reading this passage, uh, at times it may be confusing. Uh, we start asking ourselves, who was actually Darius when the Bible says that it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps uh, to rule throughout the kingdom? And so there are some people who say Darius actually was uh, the monarch, uh, or if, uh, if you want, the emperor. And some will say, no, he was just a king uh, under the uh, Middle Persian kingdom so it pleased him to appoint 120 people that will help govern with him just like you have the president of the republic uh, uh, the president of america today uh, wanting to appoint governors that will help him you know in governing the country so he he had to appoint 120 and after appointing the 120 uh, satraps that could be like uh, governors or high uh, administrators, is, uh, he planned to have three, you know, that were uh, three among the 120 that will be, uh, be set, you know, above them, uh, above all the, the 120 satraps, or even getting one person that was going to be directly under him and control, uh, help him uh, control, you know, the, uh, uh, the kingdom. And so Daniel was listed. Among the three, one was going to be chosen, and Daniel was in the mind of the king. And so he was going to be chosen to, uh, to be among these uh, high personalities that were going to govern together with the king. And we could call that today, I don't know, you don't have prime minister in, um, here in America. We have one in Cameroon, and many countries have prime ministers. But uh, in Cameroon, we could say he was going to look for one that was going to be his vice president, something like that. And so uh, Daniel was uh, in his mind. He had Daniel in mind. And you know when uh, there is, uh, you know, something like that that is about to happen in the kingdom, there are some people that will not be happy and that may be afraid. Or if Daniel is appointed, uh, I don't like uh, seeing him. Maybe they did not like Jews. Or we remember how Daniel, you know, when he worked with uh, the former king, you know, Daniel worked with three different uh, kings and uh, the uh, and uh, the king uh, before Darius Belshazzar uh, had worked with Daniel, and certainly Daniel was very strict. Uh, certainly he was a great 
leader and uh, maybe some of those who uh, were in the administration you know were afraid to have someone like daniel man of integrity so they were not happy and said something must be done to stop daniel from being appointed and so they started looking you know uh, they were his enemies started looking for ways uh, to stop this appointment uh, they were looking for ways to stop this appointment and uh, if we look at the next slide now uh, there is a question there what uh, now as they were looking for ways uh, to stop daniel uh, what can what could they get uh, you know what were the ways and then i'm asking a the question there what can we sometimes expect if we attempt to live a uh, a godly life okay now we will be criticized okay we will be criticized and uh, some people will try to discredit us so daniel certainly uh, in the kingdom before uh, in uh, his previous post was living a great uh, life as an administrator and so they might not you know like he's a man of god he's a godly man we don't want him to come here we don't want him to serve us we don't want him to be president Oh, he will just be talking about his God. He is going to be talking about what we don't want to hear. He will stand against uh, maybe abortions. He will stand against maybe homosexuality. Maybe he will... Oh, we don't want him to be our leader. Just like not wanting someone to be a president, maybe. That could be the case. And now the question is, if, if, if people were to criticize you today, what will they uh, really be looking at, looking at your life? Will they be criticizing you because you are living a godly life? That is a question there that you may need to answer if people are, to, are uh, able to criticize you. Uh, do they criticize you because you go against God? Or do they criticize you because you live a godly life? I would want to be criticized because I'm a prayerful man. I would like to be criticized because I'm a godly man. I would want to be criticized because I'm standing to defend the cause of God in my generation in my nation, in my country. I would love people to, to criticize me for that. If all the medias who could criticize me because I am a preacher or because I preach against something that the Bible is standing against, I am ready to be criticized. And such was the, the case with Daniel. That is what happened with Daniel. So he was criticized. And now, uh, the next question I'm asking there is, uh, what changes will you make if... Uh, if you were being watched, you know, as Daniel was watched, you know, people were watching him. They were watching and saying, oh, we need to look for something that will bring him down. And they started watching Daniel. And uh, uh, some people will, you know, because men are watching, they are seeing the way I'm living. They are trying to watch and see what to get wrong in my life. Oh, for 90, for 90, uh, for 30 days... They were going to watch Daniel because they said to themselves, for us to be able to trap him, we must bring up a law. We must bring up a law that would say, no other man should be worshipped in this kingdom except the king. And they knew that this was an impossibility, you know, for Daniel to sit and not worship his God. And so they started watching. Oh, is he going to break the law? So they were watching. And if men are watching you today, what will they discover about you as a Christian? Amen. If men were to... Or when I say amen, you can't answer and say amen. When I say amen, I want to be sure that you, that, that you are getting me. Amen. 
Okay, great. Now, <laughs> now, so they were watching. They were watching, you know, uh, looking at this man of 90 years old, Daniel. 90 years old, watching at, at his life. This man has been a servant of God. This man has been too zealous and committed. When they are watching, watching, watching your life, will they watch and say, oh, this man is faithful. He is faithful to God. He is too committed to his God. Is it what people would say if they are to watch, watch at your life today, watch at you, just for 30 days? Maybe we want to take that challenge, Pastor Bill. Watching, watching, watching at you, watching at your wife, you know, uh, what, is it watching after watching at or anyone? So you just take it like that. Now watching, watching and see how is Pastor Bill, how are the Christians here, how are the men here doing, vacation Bible school beginning to, okay, people watching, what will be your habit to add, what, how, watching at you, the way you work, you know, watching at you in your community, if people were to take 30 days to watch at your life, what will they discover about you? So it was 30 days, and these people could not find anything that Daniel shouldn't have done and anything that he didn't do that he should have done according to the law of his God not according to the law of the state because the law of the state the law of our country the various laws today can intimidate Christians you know to begin to to you know as people are watching you know they want to they want to compromise they want to live like others. They want to be like others. They don't want their faith. They don't want to be judged. They don't want to be criticized. They want to be like any other person. They want to talk like others. And that is what is happening. Now, I want to tell you, the world does not just have 30 days to watch us Christians. They have every time you say that you are a Christian. People begin to watch, watch at you. They start watching to see how you live what you profess. They start watching to see how you behave even when you are hurt, when people heal at you, when people rebuke, when people reject you. They just want to watch and see if you are truly the Christian you say you are. And so they are watching, they were watching at Daniel. And so when they watch, and watch, the only thing they could see was a man of prayer. What they could see with Daniel was not a man who was a corrupt man. They could not see a man who was unfaithful to his God. They could not see a man who just stand away and standing and preach, but does not practice his preaching. They could not see a man who goes to church on Sunday and during the week he lives his own life, a private life that is different from what Christianity is supposed to be. They saw a man of faith. They saw a man of prayer when they were watching. And that, for 30 days, they watched as they were watching. That was it. Because there was a law that was passed that no one will worship another God, will, but only the king will be worshipped. Maybe when they watch at us today, they may see us just worshipping our wealth. 
And that is a problem for America. I know it. I know you are blessed. When I, ke- when I come here, I move around. I was telling Pastor Bill yesterday, if it depends only on what I see here, I will not go back to my country. But I'm not going to worship world. I'm not going to worship what I see. I'm not going to worship whatever I receive in America. I'm going to go and live in poverty. I- I'm going to go and live with those who are suffering and work on bad roads because I want to serve my God. That is where he placed me. That is where he called me to be. And so that is it. They were watching, watching at, at, uh, at Daniel because there was this stupid, I, I will call it stupid law, stupid law that only the king should be worshipped. And that's where I am against Darius, kind of. How could you accept such a law, Darius? How could you sign such law that only you should be worshipped? And we have people like that. They want everyone to worship them. If you don't worship them, if you don't bow to them, they will stand against anything you want to do. Even as a pastor, you know, we have that in our churches. We have some deacons, some elders. I don't know how you work, how you operate here. We have some church members. They want the pastor to bow to them. Oh, come on, God. And if you don't bow to them, they will resist. Any idea that you bring, they will stand against it. Because you are not bowing to them the way they want. Because you don't bow to what? To their agenda. And so we have that. We have that in our offices. Some people will want us to bow to to them and they sign decrees and say only me only I should be worshipped only I should be seen in this place if you don't see me I stand against you we have to be careful not to take the place of God wherever we are we have to be careful because most often we take the place of God we want things to just go the way we want we are not thinking about God but the king signed this he signed this decree he became oh, this is right this is taking the place of God. Only I should be worshipped. But this man loved Daniel. Thank God. Praise God. But why did he sign such law? He knew that Daniel was a worshipper of the living God. But he signed a law that only the king should be worshipped and not any other God for 30 days. But Daniel could not stand that. When he heard about this law, the law did not stop him from worshipping God. I don't know, no, there are so many evil laws in America. I don't know, you will forgive me if I'm wrong. But one thing that, that I know is that I will go free because I'm not saying it, I've not intended to, to hurt you in saying that. We have e- evil laws in this country. We have laws that are against God that should not be respected by churches. We have laws that ask the church to do what is against the Bible, what is against scriptures. We as church should not accept such laws. I'm telling you. I'm not saying that you should go and break the laws outside. This is the church we work by the divine law of God. We don't work by the laws of government. We respect all authorities. We respect the government. But any law that stands against the word of God, I am not bound to respect it. Even if my denomination is respecting it, I as a pastor, I will refuse to respect it. You as a church should refuse to accept anything, any law that is against the law of the God that you serve. In the name of love, in the name of understanding others, in the name of tolerance. Tolerance is limited by what God has said. It should be limited by that. And so, Daniel knew about the law... 
But you know, he went down on his knees and he started praying. He knew he was going to be a big issue. He knew he was going to be criticized. He knew he was going to be condemned by all people. But he knew also that it was better for him to obey the divine law than to obey the laws of men. He knew about all this. He was not ready to compromise. He was not ready to adapt Christianity to his context. It is true I understand what I mean by this. I don't mean that you don't understand the context under which you live. But what I mean is that you don't compromise the fundamental belief of Christianity because of your context. And so many people will compromise because of their context, because of the laws around. But Daniel was not ready. He, op- he chose to obey God even in the midst of all that. He chose obedience at the cost of his life. He knew that was going to cost his life. We need to choose obedience even if it's going to cost our job, it's going to cost our life, it's going to cost our, I don't know what I should cite here, it's going to cost our friendship maybe with some people. I will choose to obey the law of the Lord. And that is it. It is, a, it is final authority and nothing can change that. We have so much adapt Christianity today that we are losing the flavor of Christianity. I know that the first disciples, they suffered and died under the context of persecution. But we today, the Christians, we are not ready to suffer for the gospel. We want to download our messages. We want to compromise and live like others. And so the church today has no power. In the society, the church is not changing people again because the church is becoming like the world. And the world is becoming like the church. Because when you go out there, you live in the world out there, everyone will tell you he's a Christian, but we see everything except Christianity. Daniel was not ready to compromise. He prayed. He prayed when he heard about the decree he prayed now not only did he pray he opened the windows <laughs> okay now what course will you have taken what course will you have taken now 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 we are three days if some of us today were you know in the place of daniel we could say, oh, it is only 30 days. I will wait and pick up. After all, God will understand. I can stay and not pray for 30 days if it's going to cost my life. And God will understand. I can stay for 30 days and not talk about Jesus wherever I am. And God will understand. I can stay for this long without going to church because of my context. People are no longer... People are, People are not going to church again today. It seems to be that. God will understand. Time has changed. But God has not changed. Someone could just say, Oh, I will just shut my windows and pray in my closet. I don't want to be seen by man. Oh, you know, you know. I will just close my windows. You know, it's forbidden. Men should not see me. But Daniel... Open his windows. But Daniel, don't you know it's, for, it's forbidden to do what you are doing? You should not pray in the public. 
You should not preach in the public. Don't talk about Jesus in the public. Faith is private. That is what many people are saying today in America. Many. It's not only here, it's happening even in Africa. Men are afraid today to leave their faith in the public. They chose to live in the private. And that is why we are not able to affect a larger sphere of, 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 of our societies because we leave our faith in the private. That is why we are being conquered today by the world. We have the Hollywood movies and we have other ideas that they are projecting there. That is what people are watching. That is what people are believing in. That is what people think America is all about because the church is hiding. Because the Christians are hiding. But Daniel did not hide. He opened. Let me tell you, if we will have an impact in our society, we must come out of our closet. I know the word come out here may mean something else, but allow me to use it. What I mean is that we must not be hidden. You don't need to pray only when you are in your room. You need to pray out of your room. Pray with your children. Study the word with your children. Pray outside with, with your colleagues. Talk about Jesus everywhere you are in the public. Don't do that only in the private. Only when no one is seeing you. And you say, oh, they will not understand. Everyone knows that if you say you are a Christian, then you are supposed to worship your God. They are pretending not to know. They know it, I'm telling you. They are just pretending not to know. They are expecting you to do that. And they are surprised when they don't see you do that. But they will come and tell you, oh, I like the way you are tolerant. No, they are saying, I like the way you keep your faith private. And now, three, someone could say, I could still pray, but if I was caught on my knees, I would just say, ah, I was praying to Dario. I could lie. Hypocrisy today. Christians today are not seen out there to be sincere. If men could see us to be truthful, if men could see us to be sincere, if men could see us not to be hypocritical, there are so many places when you go into so many offices, you don't see Christians making the difference. Because they are just like others. Because they are hypocritical. They are living like others. And they are not ready to stand courageously to say, I am a Christian. I cannot do this. I am a Christian. I cannot say this. I am a Christian. I cannot live this life you are expecting of me. They just work with others. Of course, if you are not ready to confess your faith publicly, you are just going to work with others. The way they work and do the things they do. Daniel was not ready. And what reaction does the king have when he hears about these implications of Daniel? When the king heard that, oh, Daniel has been caught praying. The king, the king is worried. The king is not happy. That is when he remembers, oh, that was a trap. I know Daniel. I know he's a man of God. I know he worships the living God. Do people know about our faith out? The king knew about the faith of Daniel. He knew they trapped him. He knew Daniel would have done exactly what he did. He tried to rescue Daniel, but it was too late. You know, because of pride, he wanted people to worship him. So he stopped. Uh, he put Daniel into trouble. So it was too late. And, you know, 
once you sign a decree in those days, you could not reverse that decree. The law could not be reversed. And so the king will try to get some lawyers around him. Oh, how can I do to reverse this law? They say, oh no, king, there is no way to reverse this law. Once the king has signed a law, no one can reverse it. I don't know the laws that cannot be reversed. Yeah? It has been signed. It has been approved by the parliament, by the senate. King, you cannot change this. You have to live with, you have to live with this. And now, when we have such laws, this is time for Christians to call on the living God. Because what man cannot do, the living God can do it. No king could reverse this law that was taken. But God in heaven could change it. I am positive. I believe that despite the evil laws taken in so many governments, in uh, maybe in the governments in America, I believe that God is still working with men who will stand with Him. God is still working in this nation. That is why you are sitting here today. Because God is still working. I want us to put our hands together for what the Lord is doing. The Lord is still working in America, I'm telling you. You know, people have the impression elsewhere that God is no longer worshipped in America. But if that were to be true, you will not be sitting here now. People will not be sitting out of this. I, I, I saw people sitting outside. It means that God is still working in this country. The laws that men cannot reverse, the laws that the parliament cannot reverse, if Christians can stand and prove to be Christians in the society, God will be reversing those laws. God will be changing those laws. And this is the impact that Daniel had. Daniel had an impact in his society, in his community. He had this impact. But unfortunately, we are not able today to have impact in the life of unbelievers around us. Even if there are evil laws, if Christians could Christians, they would be reversing the evil laws by the impact that they have, you know, in their societies. By the impact that they have in the life of those around them. By the impact that they have as they serve in the government. The proof be different. They are reversing the laws. The proof be faithful to their God. They are reversing the laws by doing that. And so the stone was placed. The king could not do anything. The stone was placed and sealed. Daniel, you will have the impression that Daniel is in trouble, right? Amen? We have the impression that some of us are in trouble. We are in trouble. We are in trouble because of this and that. We are in trouble because we confess our faith. Today, people are killed all over the world just because they say they are Christians. People are hated today just because they say they are Christians. Most often I feel that it is happening even in America where the public men, like the presidents, the governors, they don't want to stand and say, I'm a Christian. And because they don't want to be criticized. Now the stone was placed and sealed. There is nothing for Daniel. No one can help you. No law can help you. And Daniel was, was in this den. So who is in the den with Daniel? God is in the den with Daniel. It's true we may see the lion, but God is present. God is in the den with Daniel. And the king knew when he 
block, when he sealed the, the den, he knew that the God of Daniel was going to do something. It means that Daniel might have been preaching to his king, and the king knew that the God of Daniel will do something. So he sealed, maybe he sealed this den so that the enemies of Daniel should not come and have him killed when no one is around. So it had to be sealed. If, if the king seals a place with, the, with his seal, no one can open it. So it was sealed, maybe for Daniel's protection. <laughs> yeah. And now when he went back, he, you know, the king could not rest. He could not sleep. He did not know exactly what, what God was going to do. But God was about to do something great in the life of Daniel. At times, some challenges, some situations, some things under which we find ourselves. If we can only understand that God is allowing us to go through a situation with him. So that he will demonstrate his power in the world where we are. God allowed this to happen. Daniel went into the day. And so the challenge today for so many Christians is that at times we think that we will always be free from problems. We think that we will always be free from challenges. And so we are not ready to keep worshipping God when we have trouble, when we have difficulties, when our, uh, our children maybe are sick. Oh, my son has cancer. My daughter has this. My brother has this. Oh, where is God? And many people are heard after September 11, they ask themselves the question, if there is God, why did this happen? Oh, no. That is the wrong question. The fact that we have evil happening does not mean that there is no God. God is allowing that to happen for His glory. For the demonstration of His power. He could allow some situations like that to happen. But at the time He will also rescue us. Like in Daniel, He rescued Daniel. Daniel did not die in the den. He was not killed by the lions. But at time, God will allow even the lions to kill us. That was what happened. That happened. It happened in the lives of so many people. They were killed. We know uh, the disciples, you know, the the first disciples, they were killed. But God did not allow Daniel to die. The issue is, is that we accept, we need to accept God's will every time. If it is to live, it is to live. If it is to die, then it is to die. But in either case, we are never defeated. We are never defeated if it is the will of God. September 11 has never defeated the power of God in America. To protect America. He is still protecting America. He is doing that right now. He's protecting us. He's protecting you. And that situation made made the king to bring out a decree. Decree now of worship. He started worshipping God because of what God did to the life of Daniel. I don't know what you are going through now. I don't know what you are facing now. But I want to tell you that God will use that for people around you to worship Him. You want to say amen to that? Amen. Great. But now there are three things I want us to understand. If we will be able to have this result that Daniel had, there are three things I want you to understand in this passage. Now there are three things I want us to notice. The first thing is that the danger that, that, uh, uh, that threatened 
Daniel, you know, uh, was the was it was dangerous situation, but it did not defeat him. The Bible says in Second Timothy chapter three verse twelve that everyone, yeah, you can get it, you can read it there in the next slide. I'm sure. Now, first, Second uh, Timothy chapter three verse twelve says everyone who wants to live a God life in Christ will be persecuted. We must have this understanding as Christians. If you will live as a Christian in these days, you should know that you will be persecuted. It is not possible for us today to be loyal to God and not be persecuted. Persecution is when you are treated badly because of your faith in God. And the Bible says in First Peter, next slide, chapter five, verse eight to nine. The Bible says that we should, that we should be alert and of sober mind. He said, "You are aiming the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, stand firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering." There is no suffering that you are going through that other Christians don't go through. But you need to stand firm in your faith. And there I will go to the next point. Number two, you need to understand that it is the faith of Daniel that sustained him. The faith that Daniel had sustained him. I was reading while preparing this sermon. I read about the story of uh, Fanny Crosby. Now this, uh, this lady who lived 90 years of the... 90 of her 95 years here on earth, she lived blind. She was blind. But she had faith in God in her blindness. She trusted God, she believed God, and God used that situation to do great things. And she's a famous song, uh, hymn writer. There's one, uh, one of the favorite hymns that she wrote that I like. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Amen. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. I like singing when I'm... When I prepared, I cannot sing here. <laughs> oh, I cannot sing because of time. <laughs> now, back in Africa, I will sing, I will take my time, but yeah, I'm conscious of time. More conscious. Now, look at her story. I want to tell you that whatever you are going through, whatever you are living, whatever, you, whatever is happening in your life, God is allowing that for a purpose. And if you are able to stand with faith like Daniel and conquer that situation, you don't know, but your story will be told. Today we hear about the story of Fanny Crosby. Your story must be told. I want my story to be told. I may not know exactly when I'm going through what I'm going through. The reasons. But God is allowing that because it's a story that will be told. Now Isaiah, the next slide, chapter 26, verse 3. The Bible says that God will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. You will keep in peace. If you have faith in the midst of challenges, like this, this woman, she's blind. She doesn't understand. People could be asking, oh, why did God allow this to happen? But, but she had perfect peace. Because if she did not have this perfect peace, she will not write all the hymns that we have. In fact, she had peace more than those who are seen were seen, who had their two eyes. Just like Daniel. Daniel was at peace in the lion's den more than the king in his palace. He always want comfort. He always want to be in good places. But that is not what God wants for those who have faith in Him. God wants us, the, uh, in any situation we find ourselves, to prove the faith that we have in Him. 
Yes, His will is for us to have good things. But His perfect will is for us to accept His will in our lives. No matter how difficult it is. And that is what happened with Daniel. And the last point is that God's power, now as Daniel had faith, the power of God through the prayer of Daniel delivered Daniel. The third thing I want you to understand is the power. The power of prayer. It's difficult to talk about faith if you don't pray. It's difficult. Daniel had the Lord with him. God was present with him in the lion's den. And he was praying and before getting into the den, it is prayer that took him into that den. At times some challenges in life will even come. The more you are praying, the more the challenges are coming. But no problem. God is preparing a big deliverance for me. That is what we should understand. It is a great thing to experience the delivering power of God through our prayers. For He delivers us from sin. Is there any sin in your life that is entangling you? Begin to pray about that. God will deliver you. Don't try to understand that. That is the problem with people today. They try to understand. Or they try to explain. Maybe this is natural. Which sin is not natural to man? You have some people that will say, Oh, the church doesn't understand us. Oh, we were created naturally like this. Come on. These were created natural things. But why should we accept that? No, it is the sin nature. Begin to pray. Lord, deliver me from the power of sin. And the Bible says that God is able to do that. God can deliver us from fear. Psalms 34 verse 4. God can deliver us from doubt. If you have doubt, if you have fear, begin to pray. God will deliver you just like He delivered Daniel. God can deliver us from anxiety. The Bible says that we should not worry about anything, but in this room, put up, we should trust God. God can break the powers of the evil habits in your life if you begin to pray about them and not justify that you were born that way. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 18. The Bible is clear. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack. And he will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. God has his kingdom. He wants us to live in his kingdom. And in this kingdom, we should live as children of God. And he will deliver us from all the attacks. The attacks that will come from evil laws. The attacks that will come from the society under which we live. God is able to deliver us from those attacks if we are ready to trust and obey and pray. He will deliver us from that. If you are in a horrible day, the last slide, if you are threatened by any kind of lion, I'm telling you, same power that delivered Daniel is available to deliver you. If you can trust the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you can pray constantly to the living God, He will do what He did in the life of Daniel. And men around you, even things, will worship the living God because they will say there is a man of faith and through your faith many shall be transformed many shall be changed I want you to know that God is working today and as he rescued Daniel from the lion's den all the dens under which you find yourself right now God is able to rescue you from them I want you to pray 
I want us to pray now. Just speak a word and ask God to rescue you from any day under which you find yourself, but you need to be ready to live the life that He wants you to live wherever you are. And He is able to do the rest. The Bible says that He will give His angels charge over you. Whatever situation you find yourself, I want you to know that God is able. He is able to take you out. His angels are with you right now. If you are ready to stand as a Christian and still believe in Him and not give up because of situations, He is saying He will give His angels charge over you. And that is taking place right now. May the Lord help you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord deliver you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you.